welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. So I want to ask you, what do you think of when you hear these words? Narcissist, empath, highly sensitive person, ADHD, gay, straight, non-binary, black, white, Republican, Democrat, fat, skinny, addict, alcoholic, homeless, or diabetic. We've all heard these words before, and you may even have a memory or a thought pop in your head as I said them out loud. So what do they all mean, and what do they have to do with this week's episode? Let's talk about that, but before we do, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. I'm passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't necessarily like to talk about, but we know we want to do better for ourselves because it's good for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to maybe keep you somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this week's episode, we're going to be talking about labels and their impact on us. You heard me at the beginning of the show listing off a number of words which may or may not have conjured any thoughts within you and yet these same words are being thrown around and even being used as either justifications or crutches for why we do or don't do things. We have so many words that we use daily and many of them have become the quote unquote norm way of thinking about someone or even as identifying ourselves to others. So are these labels harmful or helpful? As we give anything a label, we're simply making a judgment that has a huge influence and relevance in our lives. A label can be an interpretation, an estimate, or an opinion, and it has the potential to alter the reality of others whose lives are impacted by our decisions. When we label anything, we often do it based on our own perceptions, which may or may not be an honest evaluation of another person. And it may not be an honest evaluation of yourself. Do you consider yourself, let's say, a nerd? Perhaps you identify as an extrovert. When we, you hear the words earlier that I spoke, and, and many go beyond that, you get a mental picture of those words. You're probably familiar with what a nerd or an extrovert does and how they behave. These sorts of labels are also quite intricate to our brain since it's appropriate mechanism for us to just categorize information. Many know a nerd is someone who is seen as overly intellectual, 
maybe obsessive, maybe introverted, or maybe even lacking social skills, while an extrovert is someone who is usually very sociable, outgoing, and overtly expressive. How do these labels, on the other hand, impact who we are as a people, and how do we act and even present ourselves to the rest of the world? Have you been noticing your friends or coworkers labeling themselves as depressed on a regular basis, even if it's just a sad situation, without realizing what depression actually is and how consequential it could be for one's brain to label themselves like that? What about you? Do you walk around talking about how depressed you are or that you have depression? Because maybe at one point in your life, a medical professional said that you're having some depression and forevermore it's cemented in your brain that that's what you are? Just as we see a person who is organized or maintains cleanliness, many of us tend to just call it out OCD without even having a hint of what obsessive compulsive disorder is really about, or many times, what does OCD even stand for? Or what about someone telling you they recently got out of a relationship with a narcissist without fully knowing what narcissistic personality disorder truly is about? Lately, these examples have become so familiar in all of our lives. Instead of just understanding that a situation could just really make us sad or unhealthy, we call it depression. Or rather than praising someone for being organized or clean, we label it as a disorder. Or even negating the role we chose to participate with someone who's not a match or compatible with us somebody who we triggered each other's inner demons or unhealed childhood wounds and therefore created a very toxic relationship. Yes, people can have toxic and unhealthy behaviors that pour onto others. Absolutely. Just as there are people who justify staying in an unhealthy relationship for one reason or another. These types of relationships can be highly destructive to one's mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And as a rapidly growing society of humans with fast-moving technologies and stimulating content, we are exposed to each day We have normalized labeling each other and ourselves. People have certain expectations of us when we are labeled like that. We usually adapt to these expectations in order to fit into the image that others have created for us. Our self-perceptions are nearly entirely based on what others think of us. For example, Let's say you grew up in a household or a community where being gay was considered wrong or sinful or unacceptable. 
then there's a really good possibility you'll grow into adulthood with a belief that others in the world share that same thought and then therefore feel unsafe in the world. And to take it just a step further, this feeling of unsafeness can unconsciously attract others like those you grew up around, therefore justifying that the world is unsafe. In other words, if we hold certain beliefs that we are not safe for who we are, then unconsciously our brain is always looking to prove that point to us, that we are not safe. Again, we will unconsciously be focused on the need for safeness, safety, and because we've already created a dialogue in our head of people and how they see a person who is gay as wrong, then they'll keep judging others as those who they grew up around. Simultaneously, as we're focused on staying safe, that causes our brain to always look for unsafe people, places, and things. And because that's the focus, we tend to find that which we look for. Again, this is from an unconscious space, meaning not your actual logical, rational thinking part of your brain. Because if you were in your conscious brain, you'd be looking at those in front of you now and assessing them for who they are now, not necessarily comparing them to everyone and everything that went wrong from your past. We wouldn't be as quick to judge. It's time to stop labeling and just start healing our wounds in order to create the healthier, more vibrant life you were designed to have. It's understandable why people want to maintain labels like, ah, sweet person, but it's just as absurd to imagine that someone would live their entire life as someone who would never say a bad word or do anything hurtful to anybody. Or that a bad person only ever does horrible things and always and forever will. We are constantly growing, learning, and changing and bonding ourselves with negative or positive labels, which does limit our growth and holds a person back on many instances to break a negative behavior or start a new positive one. The ethnicity, sexuality, social class, or regional origins of a person does not define who he or she is or who they'll become. For example, I want to share some labeling examples that I think we seriously need to evaluate and straight up eliminate. Slut. Put bluntly, we need to stop calling women sluts. In our culture, this seems to have a double standard in which guys are praised for their promiscuity. How many, how many women can they chalk on their bedpost or put a notch in their belt over? They're actually heroed as being men for doing this. But women, women are pushed to feel guilty shamed, 
and even responsible for a man's needs that he has. It is a choice of the individual whether or not to explore his or her sexuality. It is not a place of anyone to make a judgment. Skinny or fat. Labeling someone as skinny as a compliment, even if they're underweight or unhealthy, will encourage their thinking and just to fit in that label, they might continue being underweight, doing drastic things and measures to meet that 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 label because in somewhere in that label maybe that got them praise maybe it got them you know because people were saying oh how wonderful they looked and now there's a standard that they have to keep that even at their own health every day people compare themselves to pictures and failing to meet them in inescapable ways since they are based on an idea of perfection that does not exist We should encourage every body type in girls and in boys. If an individual finds happiness in his or her body, it is absolutely okay as long as it's healthy for them. Remember, it's not personal. It's not about you in this case. If somebody else has a body that looks a certain way or they wanna behave, you know, that they have different characteristics than you, just as somebody doesn't have the right to judge you for who you are. Our attitudes towards labels encourages us to consider a certain kind of society we wish to live in, as well as our own personal and social life. Do you think individuals should be given another chance to rebuild themselves? The substantial majority of individuals would answer yes. After you get out of a divorce, would you like to be seen as a divorcee and no one would ever want you again because you are divorced? No, you would hope that somebody would meet you with where you are today. Allowing labeling less power means that people will give you the very same chance. Hell, even if we listen to our political leaders, they are very swift in stirring up duress through labels. And our media is as well. Look at the quick bait, you know, shocking labels and titles that they put on storylines just for the clickbait that you'll click on it and and want more because they do it from they're clicking on an emotional level to draw you in and possibly to keep people divided rather than united I also see a lot of people get caught up in the labels as a way to justify who they are. For an example, an addict or a recovering addict. I'd love nothing more than for you to believe you are more than your behavioral choices you've made along the way. I'd like to believe that should you choose to heal yourself from this destructive behavior, that you are so much more than that behavior. 
At what point do we stop leaning on that behavior or that label of that behavior as a crutch or as a reason why we can't do anything or a reason we can't go somewhere and do something and be better, be lovable? When? We have to be willing to decide that this we no longer need this label. I think these labels get caught up in pigeonholes. You, in a certain way, that doesn't allow you to grow, doesn't allow you to heal or even expand, but rather remain indebted somehow to these labels. Like you can't be more than them. Is that true? I really don't think so. For example, it might be that you tell yourself, I'm no good. I'm the plain one, not the pretty one. I'll never find love. Or you may hear in your head statements like, I'm so lazy. Or, oh, he's the good brother. I'm, I'm not the good one. And believe that this status is a permanent condition and not fixable at all. They're just words that you've been uttering maybe your whole life. You must ask yourself where these negative statements come from. Who is saying them to you? If only in your head, and why? Do they come from a parent or another authority figure who had an impact on your early life? Look. I'm not using this as an opportunity to go beat up our parents, our grandparents, or other authority figures in our life. That's not what I'm doing. But we all come from a childhood where we've had things happen or said or done, and we've witnessed things and saw things and labeled these things in our heads as either good, bad, or indifferent. And But at some point, it's our job as adults to go look at these beliefs. What are the things that keep triggering us in relationships and why our relationships don't work out? What is it in these labels that, let's say, God forbid we've lost a child, maybe to suicide, maybe, maybe something other than that has happened to them. And, and from ever on, we just blame ourselves for the fact that that happened. That does not give us any room whatsoever to grow. And if you're still here on this planet, you have the opportunity to continue to grow. You have the opportunity to heal. You have the opportunity to make an impact on someone else's life that may just very well save their life. You don't have to do what I'm doing. People make a difference in people's lives every single day. The person that you might just happen to smile at the store, maybe that's exactly what they needed at that moment that got them through the next day. You have to show up for that. You have to show up for yourself. And letting go of these labels that we've marked ourselves and others with as if it's a scarlet letter leaves no room for growth, leaves no room for love, compassion, empathy. Just because an influential or parent says something about you does not mean that it's true. 
parents, grandparents, teachers, clergy, and other authority figures are human, have flaws, and make mistakes. You know, it's funny, I remember my mom used to say when my brother and I were little, hey, I'm really sorry, but you know what? You never came with a rule book, so, you know, we don't always get it right as parents. And and I used to think that that was a silly expression. And sometimes, you know, when I became a teenager, if I heard it, I used to think it was a cop-out. <laughs> but what I can say is we didn't get rule books to be adults either, right? All we got was experiences. All we got is memories. All we have is the environment we grew up with and no wonder it repeats itself it repeats itself until we decide we want to change that that we look and see if these are still important but as a child we do not know or understand this and cannot change challenge those in authority over us to make things different, especially it might put us in a position of being unsafe. We believe those words to be true when we're children and take them inside through the process known as internalizing. I want you to ask yourself now, do these statements have any foundation or basis for truth? The answer is almost certainly no. And yet, we've continued to carry them on for years. There is a danger in believing these negative statements and declaring yourself permanently no good or unfixable or broken. Believing something that is not a true reflection of you can cause emotional pain and suffering quite often upon ourselves, meaning we cause our own emotional pain and suffering. Yes, things may have happened to us in the past, and we've just put that on like a backpack, carrying it around, saying that we're no good or unfixable or broken or any of those labels, and we don't even question them. We don't even try to shake them off. We've just adopted them as if they're true. We do ourselves a disservice by not going and looking at that stuff. It can have a major impact on the way you see yourself and think about yourself and how you present yourself in the world. In thinking this way, your mind is closed to the possibilities of what you might accomplish or who you might become in the future. Experiences and opportunities that might have been available to you no longer are since you don't Give yourself a chance. You don't believe that you can. This is where we set ourselves up for failure, disappointment, and unhappiness, which can lead to stress, anxiety, depression, health problems, relationship problems, work issues, money problems, and on and on and on. So how do you avoid using labels and keep them from overtaking your thinking? It takes a lot of concentrated effort. A good thing would be to work with someone like myself, but you can also address this on your own. And here's one way to begin. 
first, be aware and try to identify when it is happening. When do you hear these labels come up inside your head? Next, challenge your negative thoughts one at a time. When you recognize a negative label that you have just applied to yourself, stop and ask yourself, is this really true? Try to think of where your where it came in your past. Did you hear somebody else tell you that you were not good enough or that you were lazy or that you were dumb or silly or whatever it may be? And who might have said that to you? Then ask yourself if that thought really applies now, today, in 2022, not 1972. I'd like you to know I do find labels, in a sense, helpful. For example, finding out that you're diabetic is good to know. With that information, you have the ability to make choices that best serve your health. Recognizing you're an alcoholic and the harmful impact of drinking has on your life, you can take steps to move away from that behavior and improve the quality of your life. And why I feel labels can be so harmful is because when we label others or ourselves, we reduce a person's identity to a characteristic. We reduce ourselves and others to a one-dimensional trait. It's demeaning and it can be humiliating and frustrating. And if this isn't enough to cause a pause, how about the impact this creates for our kids. Our words are powerful. You know, you used to hear that expression when you were a kid, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I'm going to call a big effing BS on this because words are powerful. And they are super empowerful to our children. And the words we use to describe kids, even if we think we're being funny or cute, have an impact on them. For example, calling someone a little turd or a little chunky monkey or, oh, hey, you're trouble. Again, these words may be used in a joking manner. But that does not necessarily mean the person receiving those words are registering them as happy, joyful, supportive words. And you don't get to decide how they label them. Labeling implies we are unable to change our personal characteristics. This creates an underlying feeling that we have less control over ourselves and our surroundings. This lack of control and influence may in turn lead to elevated stress and anxiety. I've worked with many clients who, when initially working together, told me a laundry list of things about themselves, labels they identified as, and as a result, 
had them feeling less than stellar about themselves, their choices, or their lives. All from the weight of labels that were never evaluated and determined to be currently factual, but rather labels that carried on throughout their life accepted as fact. After spending some time with them and going through a process, they were able to destigmatize themselves through these outdated harmful labels. Harmful in a sense that it kept them in unhealthy relationships. It kept them believing they weren't good enough, kept them in debt, and ultimately kept them from thinking they could do anything other than these labels, other than being fat, other than being skinny or old or too young, unlovable, invisible, unattractive, not good enough, lazy, stressed, anxious, depressed, etc. If this is something that you feel is hitting home, close to home, and you're having some kind of an emotional response to what I'm sharing, then I encourage you to get in touch with me so we can have a conversation about it. And be sure and keep listening because I'm going to give you ways that you can do that. If you found this episode helpful, then I encourage you to follow this podcast and to share it with others. Because we never know what someone is going through, even even those closest to us, even our kids, our parents, our, our partners, our co-workers, our besties. We don't always know what's going on inside their head. And this may be something that someone could benefit through. So I'm going to encourage you to share this. And being subscribed, then you get notified every week of a new episode that I share. Because every week I share ways to help you get through your week. And lastly, if you'd like to connect with me, here's some ways that you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. It's D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week. Please know I send you so much love.